new CBS Monday. NCIS is back. We need all hands on deck. So grab your gear. NCIS! And join our elite team. What are the charges? Murder. New cases to be solved. Double tap to the chest. Same caliber as the murder weapon. And new criminals to catch. That's the bomb maker. Where's the bomb? A new NCIS, Monday, 9, 8 central, on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. Welcome into the Inside Carolina podcast, presented to you by Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyTShirt.com. This is the UNC, the Don Callahan UNC football recruiting podcast. On Inside Carolina, and we have a very special episode, the Des Evans preview commitment episode. As always, I'm joined by Don Callahan. What's up, Don? Not too much. How are uh, How are you doing? I'm good. We're here recording Wednesday morning, and you have your coffee. This, uh, my coffee. I have my orange juice. Yeah, both. And yeah, I mean, we usually yeah a lot of liquids. We usually record on Wednesdays anyway, but this one's kind of special because a big commitment's happening. On Friday at 2 p.m., yesterday we learned that Des Evans, the five-star defensive end, is committing, um, is making his decision at his high school on Friday. And you are going, of course, he's a huge UNC target. It's been a, a, I don't think it's, I think it's fair to say he's been a UNC lean for the majority of his recruitment. So that's what we're going to talk about today, along with some Virginia Tech UNC recruiting battle discussions, looking back at a couple big uh, recruitments featuring commitments and players that have since committed to UNC and Virginia Tech. I'm going to finish with a discussion of your man tower and our time together last Saturday. Uh, your thoughts on the schedule as we dive into this episode. I'm excited. Uh, usually we kind of scramble to uh, figure out what we're going to plug in, um, but uh, everything kind of just fell into our laps and fell into place perfectly to have a, a really good uh, podcast today. I think we're going to have a good one. What do you think? Yeah, I think Des Evans, I mean, he's the guy we've talked about in almost every podcast. And now yeah. we're going to get some uh, so, some substantial action from him on Friday. Uh, let's get right into it. So you're going down to Lee County High School, which is about a 45-minute drive from Chapel Hill. What do you know, maybe that we don't know yet? Um, what can you tell us about what's going to happen? And then we'll kind of go from there on Des Evans. Well, I know for a while now, um, I guess since the summer, there the 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 people around Des have been like all right you you basically know your decision let's let's set up an announcement and for whatever reason it just never happened there were a couple times in in September that dates were kind of picked out and it just didn't work out and um i was told that uh, this coming friday was a date the, the latest date that they were looking at and I kind of just brushed it off, like, okay, this this is another date that's going to come and go, without uh, an announcement or without a, without a peep or anything. And then obviously, uh, Des sends out a tweet that uh, says that that he has some big news for that Friday. Um, I think one of the more significant items that I can share is that during my most recent visit to um, to Lee County High to do an interview with Des. I believe that was earlier this month. I guess it was about, um, yeah, it was earlier this month. Um, and it was right after he, he made that visit to North Carolina for the game, I think for the um, the App State game. 
he said that he admitted that he had a leader, he, but he would not tell me who that leader was. I think you and I can kind of um, draw pretty strong and reliable conclusions from that. But uh, not a whole lot has changed since then to now, other than the fact that he did take a visit to Florida. I've talked to a bunch of sources close to him since then, and I just don't think that, uh, based off of my conversations, I don't think Florida has uh, was able to do anything that would, would sway him in a, in a different direction. And I think really when it came down to it, proximity to his, his parents was always going to be a major factor, and you know you don't get too much closer to uh, to uh, uh, Stanford, North Carolina, than uh, than Chapel Hill. Yeah, and he's taken uh, visits to UNC for the App State game and the Clemson game, and visited and went to the South Carolina UNC game in Charlotte. I think some fans, you know, see that Florida visit, the recent Florida visit, followed by an announcement, and, and kind of have shades of Trenton Simpson, who was all UNC, and then took a visit to an SEC school in Auburn and committed there. But as you said, that is not the case. I want to shout out our intern, John Bowman, who was DMing me yesterday about Des Evans and was fearsome of a, of a Florida commitment. He is an avid listener of our podcast. So I want to shout out our, our two-year intern who is now in New York. Um, okay, so you're going down to, to Lee County on Friday, correct? I am. That, 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 that's the plan as of today. Okay. Do you need me to come with you? I would love for you to come with me. Is, uh, is Luke coming? Uh, I, Luke was supposed to get back to me and let me know what the deal was. But uh, the more the merrier. Hey, well, we I, can make a road trip. Well, if you need me, I'm there. But it may, it may be more beneficial to be at the home base handling social media and whatnot. Okay, so what, I mean, anything else? I mean, what else do you expect? You, you, is it going to be a big ceremony? Is it going to be just him walking out there? It's at the pep rally. Uh, is there anything else we should talk about here? Yeah, yeah, I feel like this is pretty cut and dry. I think we should first kind of lay out the his finalists are Florida, Tennessee, UNC, South Carolina, and Virginia Tech, which is we'll get into later on um, in the podcast with Virginia Tech. Um, he has actually, um, I think I don't I don't believe he has visited Tennessee. I think Florida got their first visit, as we mentioned. Um, South Carolina has has received a couple of visits, and then. Um, Virginia Tech has received a couple of visits from him, so um, so you know, I didn't know that's he'd been to Virginia Tech a lot. Not not a lot, just a, you know a couple of times. I mean, everything pales in comparison to uh, his visits to North Carolina. And really, if you think about it, I mean, everything just kind of swung North Carolina's way in June when he was supposed to make. He literally told me before June hit that he was going to visit. He had a top ten at one point, and he was going to visit each member of his top 10 in June. And then whatever was left over that last kind of week in July, he was going to uh, finish it off. And then he ended up visiting only North Carolina. I can't remember what, what was it like seven times, something like that. Um, including the one weekend where he was supposed to visit South Carolina and it got canceled because of, I think his mom had some sort of um, graduation thing she had to attend but then he suddenly appeared at North Carolina hanging out there with uh, Jaden Chalmers, his, his best friend and uh, teammate and cousin um, who had just committed to North Carolina a couple weeks prior to that. That's something else we didn't mention is the, um, you, you know, Jaden Chalmers connection. I mean, it, it, that's that, that I also feel like it kind of, kind of just sealed it for Carolina. Right. You know, yeah. um, I mean, it, it just, I mean, it just seems overwhelmingly UNC that there's like, there's not much question. There's not much 
you know, things to any surprises because just you look at the the wealth of visits to UNC, the lack of visits elsewhere when he's even tried to kind of give other schools a chance. He's obviously not going to Virginia Tech this weekend, right? That's supposed to be a visit to Virginia well, Tech for the UNC I, game. My guess is is that my guess is if he does not pick Virginia Tech, he's not going to end up officially visiting Virginia Tech. Exactly. You know? Yeah, I mean, it'd be kind of weird to commit to you. Yeah, I mean, to, to be honest, I mean, to be honest, I was surprised that he actually made it to Florida. You know, uh, yeah. just because. Now, I think it was like a uh, someone close to him or a, an assistant coach who actually they drove down there. And I, I wonder how much of it was, you know, whoever was that drove him down there wanted to wanted to see a game, a game in Gainesville. Um, but to get back to your original question, you asked about the actual announcement and all that. The way that, from my understanding, it's homecoming. They're going to have a pep rally, very similar to uh, Keandre Lambert, where he uh, he, he committed. Um, North Carolina was one of the finalists, but he ended up committing to Penn State. Yada yada. Um, I think it's going to be that that sort of thing. I'm sure that they're going to have some sort of um, unique. Um, I don't know, presentation of the announcement. If you if you know about how he actually presented the, or I guess announced the the announcement, uh, he did some sort of weird thing where he had a, had a friend um, recording it, kind of walk into a room and say, hey, Des, what's up? And Des was like, oh, well, Friday is going to be a big day for us. W- what do you think of that? How, what's on a scale of one to 10, creativity, where are you at with that? <laughs> with his announcement of his decision? Yes, his announcement of the announcement. I mean, yeah, I mean, it was it was fine. It was just very casual, very chill. No theatrics. Left a little bit more to be desired, but I like the bare bones, blue collar aspect of it. Just super chill, you know. Yeah, I like it. I liked it. Yeah, I, I actually never heard him talk before, so that was the big takeaway for me. <laughs> so you've never interviewed like him? A, no. Stop covering recruiting when I moved to inside Carolina, so you could finally break some news. Yeah, I that's stopped right. scooping you. That's right. That's okay, right. let's move on. I mean, Des Evans, just for those listening, five-star guy, the number 22 overall player in the 2020 class, number two weak side defensive end, number one player in the state, um, 6'6", 238. I mean, this guy is long. He's lean. He's pretty raw. He's a pass rusher. I mean, that that is how I would describe him, just an edge pass rusher. I'll read his um, 24-7 sports uh, valuation. Couple things here that I was working on yesterday. Tall, angular build. He's add bulk. He's long limb like a basketball power forward. He has a high level first step, initial quickness off the ball. Uh, he can be in the backfield in a split second after the snap. Dominates the competition with his physical tools. He's highly productive in his junior season with 24 tackles for a loss and 12 sacks. He's best when shooting gaps and using his length and range to make plays in pursuit. Shows desirable effort, physicality, and finishing plays. He's still developing as a pass rusher from a technical standpoint and will need to improve his strength at the point of attack. But he's one of the most talented edge players in the 2020 class and projects as a high-level Power 5 player with upside of developing to a first-round draft pick. Uh, yeah, and Don, I mean, what do you think about him? Um, this is the type of player, from my perspective, this type of player that UNC has to land to get to that elite level to compete for championships. Five-star player right down the road. You can't get much closer than you know, 30, 45 minutes from Chapel Hill. There's not much talent in this area in general. So a guy that close, UNC has to land. And this is a huge first step. Players are going to see this guy, a five-star guy, commit to UNC if that does happen. And it kind of changes the narrative that the Tar Heels can land these players. It could open it up for other big-time recruits in-state to see what UNC is doing. So it could kind of start this movement that 
began with Sam Howe and continuing here with, with potentially Des Evans on Friday. Your take on Des Evans here and what he can bring to UNC in terms of general recruitment. Yeah, I mean, as you mentioned, I mean, you know, if UNC wants to get to that next level to where they're competing year in, year out for ACC championships, they need to land guys like this. I mean, the state of North Carolina, as we know, definitely produces plenty of talent in general. The problem has been is that the top tier guys have wanted to leave the state. This this situation kind of worked out because I don't think that even regardless of what he said, I don't think that he ever really wanted to leave the state or that that his family ever wanted him to leave the state. And if you remember for a while there, this was a UNC actually as as recent as the spring. This was a UNC NC State battle, and UNC just took such a just commanding lead over NC State. NC State basically threw their hands up and said, "Okay, you know, I'll you know, we'll let South Carolina or Virginia Tech try to try to come in and steal this guy or Alabama maybe or whoever." Um, I mean, NC State just basically gave up because they, they just they just felt like there was just it was just a lost cause. Um, so, um, so North Carolina really did a good job of, of you know not only keeping him in state but also. Um, keeping in-state schools from um, from really having a, a chance with him. Um, so it's, I mean, really, uh, I was looking at the all-time commitment list, and Des Evans will would be the second best commit to ever commit to North Carolina. Behind Marvin Austin. Behind Marvin Austin. He will surpass Dante Moss. Dante Page Moss. That's incredible. That's a huge, a huge, uh, would be a huge guy. Any, any additional perspective on him as a player from what you've seen your astute professional evaluation no i think the the evaluation that you read is uh pretty on point i mean you know, the thing is with him is that he's a um i don't want to say he's a basketball player who plays football because he, he definitely is a football player but he has that basketball background he looks like a basketball player but when he's on the field he definitely um he's definitely a football player but you can see the the explosiveness the length the size all those sort of things that help him out on the on the basketball court and he's a big basketball fan too um but all those things um, definitely uh, transfer to the football field and really help him out. And as the evaluation you read mentioned, you know there are certain uh, technique pass rush moves that he that he needs to pick up, and I have no doubt that he will pick them up. But yeah, he, ha- he has everything you could possibly ask for in an edge rusher. There it is. There you have it from Don Callahan. All right, Desmond Evans is making his college decision around 2 p.m. on Friday. Stay tuned to Inside Carolina for more on that. We should have full coverage with Don going to Lee County. All right, we're going to take a break to talk about Giant T-Shirt and GiantT-Shirt.com. Your stop for all your UNC apparel, sweatshirts, jackets, T-shirts, hats, everything you need for UNC games. Basketball season starting up. We're in the heart of football season. The Duke homecoming game is coming up, so make sure you stop by Giant T-Shirt right there on Franklin Street and also GiantT-Shirt.com. Head to the premium message board to get a 10% off discount code. Use that for all your Christmas gift shopping and things like that. It's a, it's a great chance to get an easy gift for all the UNC fans and your family and all your, your Tar Heel friends. So check out Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com. All right, Don. This is uh, something you want to talk about. Virginia Tech, UNC goes up to Blacksburg this weekend to play the Hokies. And, you know, in the last couple of years, Virginia Tech and UNC have become excuse me, uh, recruiting rivals. And there have been a lot of recruitments with players on both teams that's come down to the Hokies and the Tar Heels. 
you wanted to kind of go through some of those and then we'll pick a couple to talk about kind of job people's memory of some of the, the bigger, bigger name guys and some of the more intense recruitments between Virginia Tech and UNC. The floor is yours. All right. So I let's just go um, class by class, starting with the 2017 class. We obviously could have gone beyond the 2017 class, but uh, we only have so much time on the podcast and so much energy. So with the 2017 class, the guys that I kind of pulled out who um, eventually committed to either one of the schools, um, but but was a battle between the two. Uh, Jalen Holston, running back from out of uh, Georgia. Devin Hunter was a big one, kid from uh, Virginia Beach, DB, who actually is ma- going to make his first start on Saturday. Hendon Hooker is a guy that UNC actually never offered, but uh, was a big UNC fan. And I and I believe, and, and some of the people around him believe, that if UNC would have offered, he would have jumped on that. And there was actually some, um, I guess, flirtation between UNC and, and Hooker um, late in the um, – in, his, in that cycle that uh, UNC nearly came close to to offering him and, and could have potentially stole him away. And the last one, Daz Newsom, which is really a kind of an interesting situation because both schools kind of came on him late uh, in the um, in the recruiting cycle. Um, those are the four I have for 2017. Which ones uh, which ones do you want which ones do you want to talk about? Yeah, to be clear, UNC never offered Hooker, right? Correct. UNC never offered, but he came to all the camps at Carolina. And then, as I mentioned, um, late in that cycle, um, UNC was kind of looking for a, a quarterback um, and was uh, you know, kind of talking to him a little bit. And nothing ever really happened. and Everything was kind of hush-hush about it. Um, but, uh, I mean, the feeling was that if UNC ever all ended up offering him, that he would have he would have came to Carolina. Yeah, so that's a big name. And, obviously, uh, that's a player that is now going to be starting for Virginia Tech at quarterback. I mean, I remember Devin Hunter. He was a huge prospect. What went on there? Uh, and he's obviously got his first start at safety, a big-time um, prospect from my memory. Yeah, I mean, he was a um, – I think at one point on at least one service, he was a, a five-star guy. Um, but, uh, I mean, UNC just battled it out, really. Um, and there's no other way to kind of put it. Um, you know, he ended up taking only three official visits, one to North Carolina, one to Virginia Tech, and then took a, a Florida official visit. and um, but But didn't actually – make a verbal commitment until after after that Florida visit in January. I took the two um, UNC and Virginia Tech official visits in um, December. Um, and, you know, you know great, I got to say one, one thing, great kid, absolutely great kid, a kid who's being hounded constantly by coaches and reporters and everything, always made sure he made time. It was one of the kids I really, really respected throughout the process uh, because he was, he was, he respected um, me and, and respected other media members, even though things really got crazy for him. Um, and then also was, and this kind of goes to the Daz Newsome thing. Um, he always tried to kind of pull people up and, um, he would make visits just so he could bring Daz. And there was actually, um, one of the UNC's camps he attended just, or he went to visit it and just so, um, Daz can kind of go and work out a camp. But basically, it, you know, it came down to Virginia Tech and North Carolina. There were some other schools in in there at different times and, uh, he chose to stay in state. Um, but it definitely was a heated battle that, that came down to the, to the, the bitter end. All right. Next class. Or oh, did you not want to talk about Daz? Oh, sure. Well, he was just kind of a late guy. It was a late ad for UNC. UNC recruited him as a cornerback and yes. converted him to a, wide receiver and he's had he's had a great career at unc and, and should have a great season this year and next year well and the, i think the thing too with him was that he was actually committed to maryland for a long time and then unc and virginia tech came in and offered him 
He, I think he took official visits to all three schools before deciding. And what made this such a huge, I guess, upset for North Carolina um, in scoring his commitment was the fact that Newsom had a, and I guess still has a, a couple of really strong connections to uh, Virginia Tech's program. His brother at the time, Dion, was a safety at uh, at Virginia Tech, and his father, uh, Myron, actually played for the Hokies. So it, it's it's pretty significant that UNC not only went in there, forced the flip of Maryland, and then also was able to fend off Virginia Tech, who he has these fa- family ties to. And now he be- played as a, and eventually he, he started as a freshman eventually, right? Yeah, if not, he, you know, wide receivers are. He definitely played a lot. But um, yeah. Virginia Tech and UNC go after the same guys in Georgia and South Carolina, North Carolina, Virginia, Maryland, D.C. area. They're, I think it's one of the biggest recruiting competitions why I think this game is important and its rivalry is important in terms of the coastal and all that good stuff. All right, next class. All right, 2018, I definitely have a lot. So, yeah, yeah we're not going to talk about all of them. Um, Cole Beck. Was a running back from Blacksburg that UNC offered. Virginia Tech was late to offer, but you but Virginia Tech was able to still kind of flip it with um you know offering late. DJ Crossan was a very interesting case who never uh, well who's no longer on the Hokies um uh the Hokies uh, roster, but he actually committed to both schools at one point. Dax Holyfield I know is a big kind of um device I don't even know if divisive. Um, he's definitely a name when you bring up on Inside Carolina, and uh, you, you can get people kind of riled up. Quincy Patterson is is a quarterback from I believe it was like Illinois that uh, I think people forget that UNC was in on him early on because he, he made all of his visits and then made a commitment and, and then ended it um, right then and there to Virginia Tech. Jake Tenuta, another one that both schools offered. Um, Alan Tisdale is a, is a guy that UNC um, offered, but then pulled the offering and ended up at Virginia Tech. Uh, Trey Turner was another big one, a wide receiver from Greensboro, a four-star guy that both schools were in heavy. De'Ami Brown, another big-time uh, wide receiver. Uh, UNC won that battle, obviously. Uh, DeAndre Hollins actually had both UNC and Virginia Tech in his top eight, but ended up picking North Carolina, obviously. And Avery Jones, even though he seemed destined for North Carolina, uh, Virginia Tech was probably the only other school that could have, uh, I guess, swayed him away from Chapel Hill. Any of those guys you want to talk about? Yeah, for sure. Uh, another thing, I'm, I'm looking at the roster, a guy from an earlier class, Divine Diablo, was a big yes. um, Remember, Gunter Brewer recruited him heavily as a wide receiver out of Winston-Salem. He's actually now a free safety on mm-hmm. um, Virginia Tech's roster, but that came down to Virginia Tech and UNC there. And I thought UNC led for that recruitment. Is that how you took that one, Divine Diablo? Yeah. Their names yeah, it definitely has definitely the all-time nameless for sure. Um, I I – I felt like eventually he was going to ultimately end up at North Carolina. And uh, obviously I was very wrong with that, but it just seemed like just, you know, talking to him early on, talking to people around him and everything. I just thought ultimately end up at North Carolina. Also, he was looking for a really good wide receiver coach. Um, I, I personally feel like you don't get much better than Gunnar Brewer. And I remember the Virginia tech wide receivers coach wasn't, didn't have a great resume at the time. So, yeah, so I thought, I too thought he was going to end up at, uh, North Carolina, and that, that obviously didn't happen. Yeah, let's talk about uh, Dax Holyfield. I mean, that was a huge recruitment because he was a stud early on in his career. It was kind of just a big name that you – and he was available to the media. So what went on there? I know UNC was definitely in his top group the whole time, and he it came down to the Tar Heels and Virginia Tech, and Clemson got in there late, I think. It was another school that was involved in South Carolina. 
Yeah, well, Clemson was one that yeah, got in there really, really late. Uh, but really, yeah, this came first. down. Fourth school was Stanford. So ultimately, his final four were Stanford, UNC, Virginia Tech, and Clemson. And Clemson. Um, for a while there, there was, I guess, some talk about him, at, you know, I guess, uh, playing the complete opposite side of, this, of the country away from his, parent, of his family. And he has a very big family, very close-knit family. But uh, with it, I mean, ultimately, this came down to UNC and Virginia Tech. Um, even though I think, you know, as you mentioned, Clemson, I don't think his, his parents, actually, I'm pretty sure his parents weren't going to allow him to go to Clemson just because of the way that they, they kind of recruited him that they weren't too, too cool with. But um, I happen to know Dax's dad. I've known Dax's dad for a very long time, probably like 20 years before Dax was even born. Um, so I have a very good relationship with him. And he happened to call me up the day after signing day. And, you know, he has no reason to lie to me. As I said, this, this guy, I consider this guy a friend. And said so literally, it, they went back and forth for you know, the day before. It was just a, you know, there were points where he was leaning towards North Carolina. There was points that, you know, Virginia Tech were going to be the, the selection back and forth literally all day long. And he said ultimately what it came down to was the fact that at UNC, he had an unbelievable relationship with Gunnar Brewer. And at Virginia Tech, he had an unbelievable relationship with um, Foster, Bud Foster. Bud Foster. Yes. Um, and when they were kind of saying, okay, you know, everything is, we, we like both of these schools for all these reasons. And he was like, well, we have this great relationship with, with Brewer. And he's not only does he not, not coach Dax's position, but he's on the opposite side of the ball. Foster will be directly involved with Dax. And that was a tiebreaker. And on top of that, they didn't feel like they had a great relationship with uh, Papuchas with the defensive coordinator at the time. And Eckler was the linebackers coach and didn't feel like those guys tried to establish much of a relationship with, with them and the family and everything. And that was kind of what, what I guess, uh, I guess just the, the, the thing that kind of split the hair for them and was, was the, the final, final straw. Yeah. It kind of seemed like maybe he wanted a football school. I know that Peyton Wilson also said that. Maybe it kind of fits personality better up in Virginia Tech. But, yeah, he visited UNC a lot. He was always there. I think he's, I think he's kind of a fan of UNC basketball and, and just kind of, you know, having his girlfriend end up going to UNC and had a lot of friends there. So that was a connection. But you kind of – Do you see – now, you mentioned that he kind of – and I feel like he does have that, that blue-collar sort of – he always has had that blue-collar sort of, um, you know, game. The one knock on him, I think, was his speed and quickness, getting from mm-hmm. sideline to sideline. And, and maybe you're seeing that a little bit now the college level as well. Um, so that would have impacted him anywhere he went. But all right, let's move on. Was there anyone else from that it's, recruitment you want to talk about? I mean, it was Brown. I, I, it seemed like Diane Brown just committed to UNC kind of early on. There wasn't much competition there. Well, it was basically they took – I mean, there's a bunch of schools that kind of were fighting it out. UNC and Virginia Tech were, were probably the prominent ones for most of it. But the sp- uh, that spring before his senior season – he went on a, you know, just a tour around to a bunch of different schools, came back from the tour and announced Alabama, Michigan, Ohio State, UNC and Virginia Tech as his final five. And then I think it was like a couple weeks later, committed to North Carolina. Um, and so that the final five was kind of like, you know, just to, I guess, get prepared for the announcement. Um, but I think um, location played a big role. Um, his mom at the time was kind of dealing with some, um, some some health issues, and so he wanted to be as close to his mom as possible. Plus, he had a really really good relationship with Gunnar Brewer, who was a wide receivers coach at the time. Um, I guess uh, just kind of looking at the list, the only other one I think that find interesting is the Cole Beck situation. Um, or actually, you know what? Trey Turner. Um, 
you know, that yeah, was I mean, it. That was a guy that UNC was in on him. Gunnar Brew recruited him. And he was a bit, I mean, when you're from Greensboro, I mean, Greensboro is so close to Chapel Hill. You just, you, I think UNC fans hate to miss out on those guys. Um, and, and you've seen some guys from that area, DJ Cross and Hendon Hooker, some others, Alan Tisdale, go to Virginia Tech from the 336. Well, the other thing with Trey was, you know, his brother played basketball at Carolina. You know, his brother was, was PJ mm-hmm. Harrison. And is, so is PJ Harrison. Harrison. Um, and um, there was always kind of a debate on if that was a good thing or bad thing based off of how Harrison, I guess, left UNC with this situation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I, I don't have a good reason. It was kind of a weird sort of recruitment because he's, he kind of seemed like he, he was kind of, it seemed like at one point he was really high on UNC and then all of a sudden he didn't like UNC anymore. And he would kind of go through the motions, make visits, and then not show up for big things. And then he came out with like a top 10. And I think it was like a month after he came with the top 10. The top 10 included North Carolina, Virginia Tech, and obviously uh, eight other schools. Um, and then a, a month later, he committed to Virginia Tech. It kind of, you just listen to the whispers. It kind of felt like that was the direction it was going. But I don't have like a great answer as to why that was. Obviously, something must have happened behind the scenes that uh, Trey and and his inner circle weren't willing to uh, share publicly. So you ready to go to the next class? Oh, I remember I remember Trey Turner being in a UNC basketball game, like sitting next to Gunnar Brewer. I mean, Gunnar Brewer was high on him. That relationship was definitely there. And a lot of these guys we're talking about in the 18, 19 class. I mean, this was during the kind of downturn in UNC in terms of winning. I mean, they, were, they won two games in 17, three games in 17, two games in 18. So UNC wasn't like the hot spot to go to during this time. I mean, they really had to sell them on the future. The coaching staff, there was questions if they were going to be there. So that's important to consider during a lot of these recruitments. I mean, it was a tough place to sell, to, to come to. Um, that's why a lot of these top in-state guys end up going out of state. Um, Holyfield and Trey Turner, two of the really talented guys during that time period. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Is that well that, said? Well said. Well said. I couldn't say it better myself. 2019, and maybe, I feel like maybe I'm missing guys. I only have two, which is, kind of surprises okay. me. Uh, Eugene Asante. Um, who was uh, you know, a linebacker from the, the D.C. area that um, really kind of caught fire as far as uh, his recruitment is concerned right after or right right before the uh, the December signing period. And J.R. Walker, which is kind of the opposite, where um, UNC kind of hung in there for a while, but for the most part, this was a South Carolina-Virginia Tech-NC State uh, battle that, uh, that really I thought he was going to end up at State. So um, for North Carolina's purposes, this probably ended a little bit, or UNC fans' purposes, this probably ended better than what um, you know what, what the other um, options were. But uh, yeah, for for Virginia Tech to come in and steal a kid from state is always, I guess, a good thing for UNC fans. Um, but UNC kind of hung in there for a while with him, but really, uh, as I said, didn't come down to this. I guess you want to probably talk about uh, Asante. Yeah, I mean, was he really? Yeah, just tell us about his recruitment. It felt like. UNC got in a little late because this was a Mac Brown commitment. So what yes. went on with him? So basically, for whatever reason, and I, I think it, I think it had something to do with the coach. Just doesn't do a great job of of getting his kids publicity because he was a kid who was very productive, has really good film, and played for a state championship caliber team. I think they won the last. Um, I think they won like the last four state championships in, in their classification. Um, I'm talking about uh, Asante's uh, high school. Um, but for whatever reason, 
schools didn't start to realize that re- realize that he was a legit recruit until last December. And Virginia Tech was one of the first schools to do so. And they thought that they were going to be able to kind of, you know, I guess, sneak in under the um, under the finish line. And uh, they took he took an official visit to the school right the, the weekend before the December signing period. And I guess the hope was he was going to decide, sign in December and that would be that. But um, ultimately what happened was, you know, he, I guess, was receiving all this interest and decided that he needed to go into into January with his recruitment. And that's what he did. He ended up also taking official visits to uh, UNC, UCLA and Florida State. UNC really, you know, I mean, they applied the pressure on him as much as any recruit that they were recruiting at that time. and. Uh, were able to to um, secure his commitment on on signing day. You know, Maryland kind of got in there late and tried to, I guess, uh, pull one out. But um, but yeah, so he ended up signing with North Carolina signing day. Yeah, I think he's gonna have a great UNC career. I, I'm interested to see if they can redshirt him. Can they redshirt him? I, I think I think I I don't believe he's played five games yet. And now with Jonathan Smith going to transfer and obviously not gonna play anymore, he may be Sante may be a guy who gets more time these last six games. A very talented guy. He didn't enroll until late at UNC, um, so he didn't really get the benefit of a, of a full summer. In he's played in. So he's, he's played in. Um, he's played in four games. So if he plays this weekend, then he'll burn his red shirt. He's been playing some special teams as well. So imagine that. that, that imagine he will not redshirt. It seems like. Okay, moving on. Uh, 2020 class. Yeah. So there's four, um, and they all are um, either Des Evans or a UNC commit. I'll go through these quickly since we're kind of running out of time here. Um, Des, I think we've we've talked about a bunch. I mean, the only thing really Virginia Tech worthy is that uh, UNC had a cookout in July, and instead of attending that cookout at the last minute, he decided to um, to go visit Virginia Tech. He also has an official visit scheduled with the Virginia Tech this weekend. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with that, considering he's deciding on the Friday before. Uh, Jaquarius Connolly is not. The one and that same very same cookout, he was actually supposed to either visit Virginia Tech or visit North Carolina or visit both. And what it turns out, he ended up spending the entire day at UNC. That uh, ended up being very um, consequential, and he ended up basically committing during that that visit and uh, shutting down his recruitment. Ray Rose, and I know this is something that so long ago, because Rose has been committed for such a long time, for the longest time, actually a year ago, Virginia Tech and South Carolina were his top two. North Carolina kind of fought its way back into this recruitment, uh, mostly with the new staff and, you know, with Tommy Thigpen and, and, um, you know, uh, Joey um, and with uh, Lonnie Galloway, you know, kind of getting in there and we're able to kind of uh, secure his commitment. And the last guy, Cameron Rosen Sinclair is another thing that you probably forgot um, is that uh, this was a battle between North Carolina from uh, North Carolina and Virginia tech from the get go. When UNC offered, UNC became his uh, his leader. Virginia Tech offered, and then Gunnar Brewer left, and then that allowed it allowed Virginia Tech actually to have the lead at one point. And then once Tommy Thigpen established a relationship with uh, Roseman Sinclair, this became a, a UNC Virginia Tech battle. And and really, when Dre Bly was added to the staff, it was it was done. Uh, he didn't. He didn't technically commit until I think it was January. But um, basically, as soon as Bly was hired, it, it was over. Bly was actually the the original reason why that uh, Roseman Sinclair liked UNC. Um, so f- to add a guy like that, that impactful to the staff, it, it was it was over once uh, once he was at it. Any any thoughts that you want to sh- want to I guess share on what I just kind of 
shared with you? Yeah, I mean, the one thing is a lot of these recruitments are over already, so you don't see the competition that maybe went on behind the scenes. The, the ones that are intriguing are the ones that last up until signing day, Dax Holyfield, um, among others that, you know, it's Virginia Tech, UNC, and maybe another school throughout the whole recruitment, and then there's a decision made leading up to this, uh, National Signing Day or on National Signing Day. Those are the ones that, get, I guess, get the more attention, whereas some of these – there may have been a competition, but it was decided a year before they actually signed with the school, and it kind of lost the intrigue that some of these uh, other recruits and recruitments have done. Um, so while there might have been a, these competitions we spoke of, it didn't get the, maybe the, the pub that some others have. Let's take another break. and We'll be right back to talk about the man tower. You ready? Go. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Hang on! It's off the charts spectacular. Go, go, go. Tom Cruise has outdone himself. The world's coming after you. Stay out of my way. Prepare for one of the best action movies ever made. This is getting exciting. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Rated PG 13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. You deserve the truth. The enemy is at our gates. The fight for humanity. I look at your faces. I do not see defeat. No! And I do not see surrender. It's far from over. You will not make that stand alone. We have something the enemy does not. We have heroes. Halo. New season now streaming. Exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. All right, we're back. Don chuckled in the break as we previewed the man tower. Uh, enough recruiting talk, Daz Evans, these Virginia Tech, UNC recruiting battles, which I know were just intriguing to all our listeners. But now it's time to get down to why a lot of people have, have tuned into this episode. Uh, I made a visit to the to Don Callahan's famous man tower. You wanted to talk about it. <laughs> uh, this was last Saturday during UNC's bye week. Um, yeah, dive in. What do you want to know? I wanted your review because I, I told you while you were here, I didn't want to hear any sort of feedback now. I wanted the feedback. I wanted you to kind of marinate on it a little bit. And then I wanted you to, to share the feedback with our listeners who, as soon as you kind of tweeted it out, there was a bunch of them who kind of jumped in and wanted um, to know what, what your thoughts are. So when you, let's first, when you walked in, what was the feeling that, that kind of came over you and where did that feeling originate from within your body? <laughs> well, first, I, you know, I came in Saturday morning. I had to stop and get gas twice because it was, it was it's not far that drive far. Yeah, I had to stop and get gas twice, two different times. Uh, it's definitely suburbia, not to, not to knock it, but it was a, a definitely suburbia, an area I'd never been to where Don lives, but it was a nice little neighborhood. Um, and I walk in, and Don's in his element. He hadn't shaven in a couple of days, uh, <laughs> and he's prepping the nachos, which he surprised me with the nachos because we had talked about the foods we like to eat while we watch football. And so I walked in, and uh, there he was making a huge plate of nachos. Uh, they were good. They were great. A little heavy on the beans, I thought, um, and massive amounts of sour cream. But that was great. I mean, the man tower is great. It was a huge couch. Huge chaise lounge, very comfortable. Three big TVs. We had some, we had some great games. It kind of worked out well for us. Uh, we caught the twelve o'clock games and a portion of the three thirty games. 
very comfortable, classic, just guys being guys sitting there watching football for an extended period of time uh, with, with little to no interruption. Uh, you kind of <laughs> – I didn't know how much of a sports better Don was, but he was very intrigued by a lot of the outcomes based on the spread. And, yeah, we uh, took a little nap there. Um, we didn't. We, oh, we didn't take a nap. Ross, I guess after – the nachos kind of just hit yeah. your stomach. You were you were out for a while there. Yeah, and I love doing that. I love you know Sundays on NFL Sundays. I'll, I'll sit there and on the couch and 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 pass out. Let's see what else. There was no lemonade. I'd ask for lemonade. You didn't provide the lemonade. It's a little knock on the grade <laughs> there. Let's see what else. You gave me two books. I mean, to, to paint the picture, I mean Don has a is a, is a definitely a man cave. You know, he's got tons of sports memorabilia. Tons of photos, you know, three TVs. It's all sports. It's it's anything you, anything related to sports is on the wall or on the cabinet. Um, and then you have three TVs and a huge setup, and it's great. I think the three TVs, Question. though, yeah. Th- so the three TVs is the big thing for me, and which my wife does not get. Would you actually? Well, you met my wife before, but um, the lovely Katie. Um, but uh, you know, she doesn't understand, and I'm like, you don't. When you're like, when you want to watch a bunch of different games on a on Saturday or Sunday or during, I, I'm really looking forward to NCAA tournament. Um, it's it's awesome to be able to have those three TVs up and not have to really move very much. Um, so <laughs> yeah. So uh, I don't I don't know if I really I mean what what you know what did you think of being able to kind of absorb those three games all at once. Yeah, it was great because we had some great games. I'm trying to remember exactly. So we we, we watched the Clemson South Carolina. Sorry, the Georgia South Carolina upset. That was yes, huge. That was huge. Texas Oklahoma was that was pretty intriguing. Yes. Um, for some reason, you were really into the Temple. Who they play? <laughs> they played um. Memphis Temple Memphis. Temple Memphis because I, I had no interest in. It. Because of well, we initially had the Mississippi State. Um, Tennessee game on, which was a yawner. Which Tennessee um, won. But I, you know, uh, Temple was an underdog, and I, I kind of felt like they could pull the upset. So, so yeah, so I had some, I had, I had some strong interest in that. And I didn't switch it yeah. until that, until you start falling asleep. Because I think that yeah. it was the, it was the Mississippi State Tennessee game that put you to sleep, that and, and the nachos. All right, so I got another question for you. What, would you add or change to the man tower experience? Cause this is a work in progress. We just, the three yeah, TVs so. and everything, that's just phase one. We're, we're, we have multiple phases and, and they're not set in stone. I mean, I would go, I mean, the food, we need more food options. I thought we, we made way too many nachos. It was huge. I mean, it was enough to feed about 10 people. I would have gone less on the beans, more on the cheese. I would have had um, maybe a, um, Maybe some nacho queso dip. Um, I would have gone a little more toppings. Hey, actually, it's pretty good on toppings. You did well there. Maybe some avocado. Um, I don't like avocado. I have. But... I had avocado, but I don't like avocado. I think you had jalapenos on there, right? I did. Yep. Yeah, and I would have maybe had a couple sauces to dip things in, um, but then I would have had like a secondary option. Maybe. Uh, I mean, I was expecting you to roll to red carpet. Maybe some mozzarella sticks, maybe some wings brought in. Maybe, um, oh, we, 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 you lacked like a sweet option. Would have liked maybe some cookies, some homemade cookies. <laughs> you're all about um, the food. I thought I was a fat ass, but you're like all about language. the food. Oh, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I is, uh, enjoy. I mean, I, was, I, was, I knew that you're a big food guy, and that's why I was expecting a lot. Um, I wouldn't say the nachos were very good. I'd give them a, a B minus. Um, it was just kind of after, after we ate through them, it was kind of disgusting because there's so many of them, and they're yeah. all kind of brown and mixed up. And you were trying. Well, to uh, yeah, I was. Well, I was. I knew that you can eat, and I know I can eat, and. I was like, all right, well, I need to make sure that there is enough for two grown men eaters to be able to eat it and not be fighting over the last chip. So, um, I mean, there was, I mean, there was a pound of meat. I used a pound of meat. I used, you know, uh, I mean, there, yeah, I mean, this four cans of refried beans. <laughs> this, <laughs> I mean, this was definitely, yeah. And in hindsight, this was probably, yeah, a meal that could feel, uh, feed a family, if not more for sure. Yeah. Um, huge. Yeah, no, I so you wanted more variety. I'm talking more about the actual man man cave. I can definitely e- easily yeah, I, fix a few stuff. Uh I mean the surround sound could have used a little work. Um uh, but it was like maybe some subwoofers, maybe some uh speakers that were attached to the back of the wall not sitting on the couch. Yeah, that, that's that tip. Yeah, yeah, that well that's definitely part of the next next phase. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, since it since but, it's up on the third floor, and I'm the only one that really comes up there for the most part. I mean, yeah, and I need a um, entertainment center. Everything's kind of sitting on the floor. The receiver, all that sort of stuff, is all sitting on the floor. Um, but that doesn't bother me any. But yeah, eventually, I'm gonna that stuff gonna be changed. So yeah, and I'll be I'm, I'll be down to come watch uh, NFL or maybe another bye weekend coming up, or maybe some basketball. All right, that's about it. There's only so much we can talk about with nachos and, and football. Um, I hope you enjoyed the Des Evans portion of the podcast. Definitely tune into Inside Carolina on Friday afternoon and Saturday for our coverage of Desmond Evans' potential commitment to UNC um, and, and the whole thing there. Uh, Don will, of course, provide his always great coverage from Lee County High School. We appreciate you listening. Don, anything else say to our listeners before we close out? Yeah, Friday, make sure to tune into Inside Carolina. We'll have um, the best coverage that you'll be able to find for sure. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase. What's up, y'all? This is four-time NBA champ Andre Iguodala. Yo, and this is his best friend, the Ohio State legend, Evan Marcel Turner the first. Every Wednesday, we drop a new episode on our show, Point Four. We're talking basketball, business, and all the culture in between. From locker room stories to some basketball analysis from those who've been in the game. Now, it is a do-bet. Do average 29 and 11. God, shit. What'd it take to be an all-star? A win. Subscribe to Point Four, the podcast, so you don't miss a thing.